0: Have to be both. The, you have to be the product person. You have to be, you know, uh, planning right. all of this stuff. You got to implement the bugs. You know, be the tester. You're doing all of, like you right. have to get every title. You're like Daenerys yep. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I am Andrew Robotora,
1: tester of <laughs> Android <laughs> devices. <Yeah. laughs>
2: King of the Andals. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sufet.
1: And I'm David. Thanks for tuning in to Neapolitan podcast.
2: We're here today with
1: Andrew Aromator. I am an Android developer at SmartThings. SmartThings is a home automation company where you can attach your Philips Hue light bulbs to a hub or, uh, or, or, motion sensors to a hub. And you can just control all these different devices through the phone. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on the SmartThings app currently. I've been doing Android development for about four years now. And uh, I've spoken at a couple of conferences. Uh, been on podcasts before. Written some articles. Nice. So that's a bit about me. You've done it all. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. I tried.
0: <laughs> so you recently gave a, a talk at Joy-Con, right?
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, debugging without a stack trace.
0: How? How did you come to that as your like conference talk?
1: Um. <clears throat> It was it was just one bug that that like drives you crazy like the ones that you work on for like a week and like you're still in the exact same place when you first started you know mm-hmm. and when I when I finally had that light bulb go off and like figure it out like I knew I had to share it and like get it out there because like, like this this weird corner case was definitely worth talking about it was worth sharing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, like just curious, what was the bug again?
1: What was the bug? Okay. So the reason, well, I'm, I'm currently developing an application called Oracle Music Player. And like, that's what got me into Android development. So it's like kind of my baby, my, like my, my pet project. Um, and I was working on Oracle and there was a particular bug with the now playing screen. There was this one particular song that would cause the app to freeze up and the app will become completely unresponsive. And I have no idea why. And thousands of other songs played perfectly. So I knew I couldn't ship with it, right? Because that was just like absolutely unacceptable. And I, I had no idea what was going on with it. And the, the lock, like the lock went, the, the app would just crash, right? And then the lock hat would, would clear itself. I remember there, were, there are two lines in the lock hat. The one that said, uh, was by the choreographer telling me that I had skipped a whole bunch of frames. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, like, the, the UI or, like, some some other thread saying that thread execution was, like, stopped for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, and then the logcat would just clear itself. It's
0: fun. Where yeah. It <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I can't go to Stack Overflow for this. Like, what yeah. do I Google? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, so... I, I remembered a video I had watched at Google I.O. about Android Studio's performance monitors. And uh, since I had no stack trace and I was kind of banging my head against the wall, I had no other option, so performance monitors it was. So Android Studio gives you four performance monitors that let you look at the real-time performance of your Android device. So there's the CPU monitor, there's the GPU monitor, there's the memory monitor, And there is the network monitor. So you can like view all this stuff in real time as it's happening. And Android Studio 3.0 actually improved a lot of, a lot of those, of those monitors. I think it's called the Android Profiler. Now, um, in particular, the network monitor is pretty cool because in addition to seeing bytes up and down, you can actually see the packets like being sent across the network. And Android Studio just lets you inspect all that without you having to do any extra work really uh, well you, you do have to be using a special library um, I know that okay HTTP is supported and that's like a massively popular one yeah. so like for a lot of Android devs they should be good to go on that front cool but uh, yeah so I was I was working I like I looked up I, I went through all the memory or I went through all the performance monitors and I didn't see anything until the fourth one which was the memory monitor. So I, I reproduced the bug, right? Like I played the song again and I opened up the memory monitor and I saw a massive spike in the memory monitor. So I knew at that point that I had a memory problem, right? But that was just like a, an arrow in the right direction. That wasn't the answer. Like I still needed to know what was, what was allocating so much memory, you know? So Android Studio's memory monitor has uh, a tool, th- a, t- a tool called the allocation tracker. And it allows you to track which objects are being allocated by which thread in real time. So you just pick like a start time to record and end time to record, and it just gives you all of that information. So I did an allocation tracking, and then you can also like when the process completes, you can order the threads by size of memory. So I just looked at the top one. Uh, like Thread 35 taking up 43% of my app's total memory. So I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> that has to be it. So I do like a little dropdown because you can see like the stack trace for the memory allocation. And at the very top, or or I guess like the root of this, the root of this, the stack trace was uh, util thread. And Picasso is an image loading library and i had two images on my on my app i had an i had an artist image in the top left hand corner and then the now playing the the album art of the song front and center uh so the album art was the biggest picture on the screen so i was like and then and these were both being loaded in by Picasso. these two images so the album art was the biggest one on the screen so i was like obviously that's the one to remove because that's taking up so much Memory because it's physically larger, so I just like comment out the code for generating the album art, and then I reproduce the crash, and it's it's still crashing. It's still crashing. Like, all right, this is really weird. So I take out like the tiny artist image. Like the the artist image is is fifty four dip square, just to give you perspective. But the the album art tends to be the width of the device, mm-hmm. just to give you like 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 uh, a little bit of perspective. There, So I comment out the artist image and things run smoothly and I can like play all the way through the end of this song And that's literally never happened before <laughs> All right, so I decided to take a look at the artist image to figure out how big it was Because that was the thing that was causing me to run out of memory So and the, and the artist images were just coming in from last FM, right? So I didn't have like direct control over how big these images were. So I downloaded the image and and it ended up being 3600 by 5400 pixels. Like this thing is absolutely massive. So if we want to do like a, like a little bit of like the math, uh, it was, it ended up being around 19 million pixels, right? And then when you're loading the, when you're loading a bitmap into memory using the default configuration, that's ARGB or four bytes per pixel. So 19 million pixels times four bytes per pixel is going to give you 78 megabytes. That,
0: that picture so. better be clear. It <laughs> <laughs> better be clear, be it clear was, than my vision. It was literally
1: the size of my thumb. It made no sense why it was so <laughs> huge. All right. So, so 78 megabytes is how big the image was. And then so for how big it needed to be. So the artist image was 50 dip square. Right, And then on my Nexus 6P, that translates to about 150 pixels square, or 90 kilobytes. So, 90 kilobytes versus 78 megabytes. It was almost 1,000x <laughs> bigger than it needed to be. That's, that's,
0: that's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it really is. And like, when I found it, I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Ah. You, shake
1: your head. It, you just shake your head and you.
2: That's the worst part. It's such like, a simple problem, mm-hmm. but it just took so long to find That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so I fixed the problem in two ways. So, number one, ask for a smaller image. Like, there's no way that I need an image that large <laughs> if it's being displayed at 50 dips square. And, like, even on a high res phone, that's not that big yeah. of an image. And then. The second part was to resize the image with picasso.fit. So mm-hmm. picasso.fit will literally take your image and, and sample it so you're not using all of it uh, in memory. It'll downscale it down to whatever the size of the image view is, essentially. Yeah. Uh,
2: was JoyCon this year your first talk?
1: So I I've given a couple of talks. So I think my very... So I actually taught a course, uh, an introduction course to Android development at Carnegie Mellon when I uh, my last year uh, as a student there, and I guess like that was like a series of talks, right? Because I was I was like literally teaching a class, but uh, my first talk was actually at American Express, and I gave an internal talk to some of my coworkers, and that just gave me like the drive, like I started doing. Articles and then my and then I gave a talk at a, a New York Android meetup, essentially mm-hmm. uh, hosted by American Express. And uh, my my first talk at a conference was actually earlier this year in July at Andevcon. Oh, DevCon. Yeah, 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 but. DroidCon was my first recorded conference talk, so that's (laughs) I didn't see a video. That's a that's a little different, yeah. So like you can you can you can you can mess up for like the twenty or thirty or however many people are in the room, but like there's gonna be like hundreds of people watching it later. Like you gotta make sure that you're 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 solid on that. So. Since this talk was
0: actually about your side project on Oracle like do you right. do you notice any difference about the way that you work on your side projects versus your uh the projects that you do at work like for example for me I know when I do a side project I just do like the fun parts in terms of like you know I'll get to a roadblock and I'm like you know I'm just going to turn and do this other part of it or do something else like Whereas sure. for work you have to get over if this is what needs to be done, I have to figure out a way to do that. You know? Like mm-hmm. do you feel that like there's any sort of difference in the way that you work on the two?
1: I, I think there's a lot of a lot of differences. Uh there's a there's a there's a ton. All right, so first of all, when you're working on a side project, you are wearing a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're in the office, you are an Android engineer, you're a software developer, You are crushing bugs and and making features and hopefully not making more bugs. (laughs) But hopefully, yeah. (laughs) But as a, as a solo dev, you're doing the development. You're doing the QA. You're doing marketing. You're doing, uh, like all sorts, all sorts of things. You're, you're in charge of literally everything, customer support. So you have to constantly switch between all of these different modes of the, the business. As a whole, because I think most people just think of apps as like, like, a, like a piece of software, but like you can, th- you can also think of it as a business because that's what it's, that's what it really is. Um, so you wear a lot of different hats when it comes to the technical challenges. It, it really depends because this is my project. This is my music player. If I have a bug that is affecting me personally, I'm going to fix it. <laughs> like, like no matter no matter how long it takes, like no matter how like like I will stay up for hours because this is like my baby and like I can't have it be broken because like like first thing I put on in the music uh, put on in the morning when I wake up is my music mm-hmm. like I'm literally like mu- like showering with music like I'm singing in the shower like mm-hmm. like I get ready in the morning to music mm-hmm. so like that needs to work yeah yeah. So like if anything if anything breaks for me I'm like very much I like I have a very personal stake in this and like I like I I, there's an intrinsic reward for me to to solve a certain problem right just because it benefits me directly I remember when I when I finally implemented playlists for the first time and I was like yeah because like I was like listening to my entire library on shuffle like a monster. Sometimes, sometimes I do that when I feel aimless, but for most of the times <laughs> I, I like to listen to, to playlists.
2: Did um, you ever yeah. have to like go through a hump of, you know, disappointment and not motivated to continue working on it? Cause maybe for a lot of us, like if I think of a personal project I want to work on, at mm-hmm. first you're really excited, like brand new code, you start sure. and then you hit that hump and you're like, oh, now I have to get, you know fix these bugs yep. get over these issues but mm-hmm. what motivates you to keep going
1: Um I I use Oracle every day. I'm very excited about using it. Um it's like it's a, it plays a major part in my life. Um so I'm always motivated to work on it, but then there is definitely a danger of what's called burnout. Mm-hmm. And that's when you work yourself so hard to the bone. That you end up like hating your, your baby, like your pet project and you just like toss it to the side. And you, you really have to strike a balance when you're working on these, on these personal projects because like, yes, there is your app, like there's also like life outdoors. There's like friends to hang out with. You you need to, Mm -hmm. you need to find that to find, find that balance so you don't end up just like driving yourself up a wall. So that's, that's like a really big thing that you have to, to think about. And you, you want to, I guess you just want to like, like do it, do your workout in chunks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can say today or this afternoon, I'm going to work on X feature and then, or I'm going to spend X hours working on it. And then don't, don't be outcome based, just be, be time based. And then that way, like, you're not really like, like, Oh, I didn't solve that bug and I'm going now I'm going to bed mad. No, I put in. 2 3 hours of good work. I made some progress because even if you didn't solve the bug, you at least got some more information that's going to lead lead you to the solution. Mm-hmm. So, it's 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 really it's really a mindset thing. Um, you have to, to like just like you keep your body healthy, you have to keep your mind healthy while you're while while you're working on your side project.
2: Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I definitely
1: burned
0: out too like <clears throat> I like I get excited about it. The weekend comes and I'm like, yes, finally no more distractions. Because yeah, that's when you get a big chunks of time, yeah. that's the best time to work on it. Yeah, and you're just like, it's time to go into this. And then by like Sunday night you're like
1: <laughs> <laughs> And never right. touch it again.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you're like>, okay.
0: <laughs> and then you know like you walk away and then like some parts of the house of cards starts to fall and you're like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, like it's it, it sucks. Yeah, I definitely definitely relate to that.
1: This is a non sequitur, but, uh, just talking about Oracle for a little bit as, as a solo dev, you also need to stay organized. You need, you need to have like, like roadmaps. You need to like, like plan what you're doing. You need to be able to track bugs and crashes. You need to know how many users are affected by particular crashes. Um, shout out to Fabric. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah you have to know that I have I always have a to-do list on on Evernote uh, a little notebook that has also feature requests and I keep like a tally so I can know what features are most popular so I know which ones to work on next Um, but again talking to the devs um, you need to balance feature requests from other people with what you want because at the end of the day it's your app and a million people can make demands on you to make a certain feature but like if you want to work on something that'll benefit you and make yourself happy you're the one writing the code right Mm -hmm. unless you're unless you're selling unless you're selling it for money then the customers are you're kind of beholden to them but if it's like a free app that you're just giving away like don't stress too much about like everybody who's like asking you for stuff like unless they're unless it's open source and they're willing to like submit a PR, like <laughs> tell them to slow to slow down for a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's a, there's so many hats that you have to wear in terms right. of like just you have to be both the you have to be the product person, you have to be you know uh, planning right. all this stuff. You gotta implement the bugs, you know, be the tester. You're doing all that. Like you have every right. title. You're like Daenerys yeah. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Everything.
1: Like, I'm you. Andrew Robotora, tester of Android <laughs> devices. <Yeah. laughs>
0: King of the Andals, first <laughs> of his thing. All that.
2: Right, yeah. Are you your own designer too? I mean, uh, like that's the hardest thankfully,
1: part. I am not. Oh, I, I do not. I do not design. I can make things look okay. I cannot make <laughs> things look good. Um, I I was very lucky. So I was. This was, was this? this was like around the spring of 2013 or so. I was uh, on Google Plus because that's where a lot of Android devs happen to be. Go figure. Um, so there was this android app design contest right huh. and i was looking at a lot of the submissions through them like just like scrolling through like cause it's always nice it's like eye candy right like if you see a pretty ui like ah yeah. so I, would, yeah exactly so i was scrolling through and i saw this one design by a designer named cole chamberlain and i i saw his design and his idea of a music player like Neatly aligned with my vision, like what I wanted to do. Like he made it look a lot better. And at the time I was already maybe like two or three months into a, like a rough prototype. So like I, I sent him like an APK over what I have so far. And I'm like, Hey, I like your style. I think we should work <laughs> together. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dope. So we start working on it for a little bit. And then the contest comes to a close, right? And there are, there, there's a couple winners, there's like a handful of winners, they each get like, like, a, like a t-shirt and like I I can't remember the other prize, but it was, it was hosted by Taylor Ling, who's a, like a GE, like mm-hmm. super big on material design. But yeah, he was one of like a handful of winners, right? So like after he won, his design got like elevated to like the forefront of like everybody who was following this, this design contest. And this must have been like thousands of people who were, who were looking at it. And, uh, he got a lot of de- developers approaching him after the fact saying like, Oh, hey, can I work with you on this? Can I work with you on this? And then he's like, No, I'm already working with somebody. So like, I, I got in early. Like, I saw the potential. And then, uh, and then the rest is history, man. It's on the Play Store. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still in beta for now because I'm, I'm i want to, I want to iron out some bugs, but, uh, trying to hit production by next year.
0: That's a lot beta. <laughs> you're working on this. ironing out those yeah, no. yeah, it's a
1: it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint because you can always think of new features. There's always new technology coming out that you could make your app compatible with or, or upgrade. Um, if you try and think of it as a sprint, you're gonna burn out. Marathon, you gotta pace yourself.
0: The experience of being a solo dev because a lot of people start out. Like mobile development especially, just saying, right. I have an idea and I want to make it and I'm gonna go through it. And right. It's, it's like that especially after you start working at a a company, it's it's different. It's not the same. Yep. Just, because the ideas come down to you, you might be like, That I don't that doesn't make sense. But you have to do it anyway, or you know, there are things that you have to do versus the things that you want to do. Right. And seeing like the vision of what you want to do actually come into fruition right. and just also like dealing with the realities of just saying like, oh, this is gonna be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing is you got a, a droidcon talk out of it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, the, just the reality of going through with it and sticking with it and uh-huh. actually you know working on that.
2: That's yeah, it's really interesting. I also find it super hard, especially after you know, staring at code all week, to even want to stare at code more over the weekend. Mm. Like especially certain weeks when it's. Like a bad week at work, yeah. yeah, and then going home and having to do it again—that takes a lot of. It re- it really does, yeah.
1: but it's it, it can definitely be tough at sometimes. Like I'm not gonna lie, um, but if it's it's more of a, I guess like like all like the motivational posts will tell you that it's not a you don't find the motivation for it. Like you just make the habit, mm-hmm. like you just like do it whether you want to or not, and like mm-hmm. like because motivation will come and go. Like if you're depending on motivation all the time there's going to be those days where like you just don't feel like it and you just want to sit down but that's those are the times when you like really have to like push through if you're if you're serious about working on what you want to do and you're serious about like getting to an elevated level sometimes sometimes you have to push through
0: mm-hmm. like what i'm getting from this is just like you have to treat your hobby as a Product like straight up like a product. You can absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It's not just like oh, yeah, I'll sprinkle in time here or or things like that. It's a it's a it's something you have to see through. Mm-hmm. You
2: know?
1: Exactly exactly.
2: You are solo at work too.
1: I am the only Android developer, so I'm working. I'm the only Android developer working on my project. Okay. Right. So there are other Android developers who are working at SmartThings, mm-hmm. but they don't work on the things that I work. Yeah. So the pro- my project is I'm working with ADT and this is actually like public knowledge now. We're like we're pairing with uh, ADT the security company um, uh-huh. to like have like a whole bunch of like like live streams in your in your house like you have these like internet connected cameras and you can like view all that stuff from the from the phone yes i'm all about smart home yeah so <laughs> i got like, the camera watches the delivery person like, I drop off stuff. I'm do you have amazon feed
2: no i don't it's kind of creepy i don't know if i want that much smart home
1: <laughs> <Right> there, <okay. laughs> well, my too smart. yeah i can't be too smart <laughs> yeah, so <that> smart smart <laughs> So one of the things that I liked about SmartThings, like even though I would kind of be working uh, by myself, is that I still have that network of people to, to reach out to, right? Because there's still like a ton of vendor developers that are working at SmartThings. And then like I still have people reviewing my code versus me just like writing code and just pushing it and deploying it straight, which is terrifying. Um, I have to look over my code like two or three times and like like on a different day to try and make sure like like to catch anything dumb um but, but yeah like I'm also just like it's it's a blessing and a curse really because on the one hand like calling all the things and like I'm just like <laughs> like doing things the way that I want to like I have like my MVP set up I have my unit tested presenters and all that stuff um but on the other hand, like, you don't want to be in a silo, right? You don't want to, like, like, program by yourself and, like, end up enforcing these anti-patterns. So the, like, the trick is to, to always be learning, always be reading up and, like, staying, like, somewhat current on, like, what the Android community is up to, what the best practices are, are. And they don't really, like they're not gonna change like on like a day to day basis. Like you don't have to check in like that often, you know, but like every once in a while.
0: Yeah, so uh, one of the things I know Suffez brought up in our very first episode was her experience working uh, solo at okay. her last job um, and the idea of like pushing code and people are just like, Yeah, that's fine and just yeah. like how like terrifying <laughs> that is it's liberating and terrifying at the same yeah. time like i get to do what i want no one's going to be me that's a also great way like, to describe it if i do something wrong <laughs> yeah. it's on me like, the so, funny
2: thing is i wasn't even solo like there were two other developers on the same project it's just we all just did our own features and nobody really cared about style or about wow. how it, like architecture it was just so freestyle like as long as it works you oh, got to get it out, like, dangerous. hit these deadlines, you know? So it's like, very dangerous. For mm-hmm. yeah. you,
0: like, as a solo dev, like, do you also feel that in terms of... I, I know for you, it's like, oh, if I broke it, I use it. I'm going to change it and make yeah. sure that happens. But is there, like, do you ever feel like, man, uh, is this good? Like, do you ever <laughs> question yourself when you you're doing your own work?
1: So at the time when I'm writing the code, I like to think that I'm writing good code. And, like, I'll, I'll write do. it and I'll be pleased with it. But then like three months later, six months later, I'll look at it and like, I'll throw up a little. (laughs) (laughs) So, so like, I think it's actually a good thing for you to critique your old code and find flaws in it because that shows that you're growing as a programmer and that shows that you're improving. And that's, that's, that's what you want. Because if you're, if you're looking at your entire code page and like, yep, this still looks good, then you're, you're staying the same while technology is just zooming past you
2: yeah that's so definitely something I learned from my previous job because back then like we didn't I didn't even realize the things I didn't know, but now looking back it makes such a big difference right. <laughs> to have people teaching you other ways to do stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you have any advice for people who want to start giving their own first talk, either internal or? Joycon, or
0: anything since you know you've done so much that's true
2: sort of first podcast <laughs> um,
1: so when i was preparing for my Droidcon talk this is my first recorded talk so i was actually very nervous because i knew i needed to like nail down the presentations like i started like doing research and like looking for like books on the subject because so like, I'm big on like the, the self-help books and I found a book by the name of Talk Like Ted and it goes over around 9 or so of the top watched most viral TED talks and what makes them so captivating and what makes them so interesting and what made them go viral. So I read a lot of that and I, I tried to take out some of the main principles as much as I could and apply them to my talk because people, so one of the principles was that people like stories. If you, if you take them on an adventure, if you, if you uh, whether it's like through like code or like, like an emotional journey or whatnot, people will remember the message that you're, that you're trying to convey um, versus just like, like spinning out numbers and facts and statistics or whatnot. People like stories. People can connect with stories. Um, another one was with the number of words on your slide. Hmm. If you have, if you have a novel on your, on your slide, like tons and tons, like a wall of text, people will either be listening to you or reading your slide deck. They won't be doing both. That's not how the human brain works. So, Keep the word count to a minimum. You don't want to be reading off of it. You just want them to be like footnotes that give you the next idea that you're gonna say. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you happen to go to uh, Py's talk? Uh, Py from Square his talk on yeah Tontics. yeah it, it lined Square. up with a
1: lot of the stuff from talk like TED so it was yeah. it was a, definitely a great great video I or a great talk rather was there I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't get to go to that one.
0: I think there was another talk at that time. Um, but I have, like, the video in my watch later on YouTube, just, like... Strongly really recommend.
1: We'll drop that in the show notes for you guys listening. Show notes. <laughs> Everything will be in the show
0: notes. <laughs>
1: uh, a big part of preparing for conferences or, or like, preparing for any, like, talk is you have to be thinking about the words that you're saying, right? Don't just try and memorize the words. Like, understand what the words really mean, like, and, like like, think about it, and, like, Back up for a second and just like think of like, like the overarching concepts and that's going to help you go through the words a lot easier just because you're you have a much deeper understanding of, of what you're trying to say. These aren't just words to you.
0: Uh, so do you have any shout
1: outs to the homies in the uh, Android community? Just anyone
0: you want to give a shout out to. You don't even have to like know them. Just be like, I like your work. You're doing great stuff.
1: All right. Um... Well, I'd I'd say shout out to C for Q. That's a Coalition for Queens, uh, for those of you who don't know. And it is said it in like every episode. <laughs> well well I mentioned this. I'm a little biased. <laughs> but uh, I think it's just a great opportunity to, to teach and like share share your knowledge and, and just like like get more get more Android developers, uh, a diverse background of Android developers in the community. I think that's uh, a really cool thing to do. Also, shout out to Kotlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to programming But I did though.
0: Kotlin's <laughs> nice. Kotlin is nice. Uh, whenever I do my side projects now, I go like straight 100% Kotlin. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm slowly converting all of the Oracle code base to Kotlin. All of my unit tests are in Kotlin and uh, new code goes to Kotlin, and then if I, if I touch a class in Java, and it's not particularly heinous, I'll just convert it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, that's, that's another thing about, like, side projects. Um, one, it was a good way for me to, like, learn Kotlin. Absolutely. But two, Kotlin makes it so easy to, like, get, get, like, up and running with something. Like, it's just so many just easy things. Like, one thing specifically I can remember was I made, like, uh, Shared preferences wrapper, and it's it's so easy with the uh, like get sets that you mm-hmm. can do on a property, and just that with uh, the what are the lambdas with receivers, pretty much like the extension functions. Right. And I just like made an extension function for like putting into to preferences, so that you don't have to figure out oh wait this one's that was an int. What do I do? <laughs> it's just like put, and then you pass in the lambda of all the stuff you want. Dude. And it's like that would have been so annoying to write by hand with Java. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's not even like a, oh, it couldn't be done. It's just like, no, I did it in like a minute instead of 10, you know, right. like those things like add up and then made me like want to work on side projects more because it's just like, yeah, I can do that pretty quickly. I can just you know add that method onto it. Right. There's so many nice things. This is turning into, like, a column. Episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's so many nice things. That, like,
2: Definitely I, trailed off there. I had to pick, I had to, like, get a random number from a set. So I was like, why don't I just, like, make
0: an extension function on, like, an int range, and then you can do that and choose distinct I was like, oh there's so many nice things that you can do. You just have options. Yeah, it's like, it, and it, it's the crazy thing is, like, yeah, this was all possible before, but it's, like, now it's, you see it in the store window. Now it's and easy, it's it fun. Easy, breezy, it's shiny. beautiful. Like, uh, it's, it's so nice. Okay, we appreciate you, Colin. <laughs> Colin, Colin deserves the shout out.
1: Colin deserves the shout We will allow it. <laughs> Any other shout outs? Uh, shout out to Touch Lab for hosting me. Uh, uh, wow. Touch
0: Lab. Everyone yeah. just gives, like, us a shout-out and it's like, oh you guys, you guys are just doing this because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you, Andrew, for coming in and you know, dropping some knowledge.
1: Thanks. Thanks for
0: having me. It's been a blast. That's it for this episode of Neapolitan.
2: As always, if you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach us at Neapolitan Pod on Twitter.